just got one last song and just a chorus that just uh, I know you guys have probably heard it just 10,000 reasons but it just says uh, bless the Lord oh my soul oh my soul worship his holy name and I just uh, hope this morning as we sing that chorus that you just sing that out even in your car doesn't matter what you sound like but just sing that out uh, to the king of kings that, that always loves us that always gives us what we don't deserve and he takes care of us but just sing that and just worship to him today bless the Lord oh my soul oh my soul worship his holy name sing like never before
Thank you for today, God. I just uh, thank you for those that uh, just have come to just hear your word, God, and just to worship together as a church family, God, as we're following guidelines. God, I pray that you would uh, speak through your word today, God, through Ben, as he brings a message, God, that it would give life, Father God, that it would bring reproof, correction, God, as, as your word says, that's what the scriptures are for. God, we love you. Thank you for giving us an awesome day just to be together as a church family at the bridge. Amen, amen. Well, welcome in case you uh, pulled in a little late. Welcome again. We are glad to see you guys. Um, everybody looks uh, awesome. It's a little hot up here today, but I'll definitely take that over cold and rainy. So uh, Ben's going to come. Uh, we'll kind of do the same thing we have done if uh, God's laid it on your heart to give something. As you uh, leave today, uh, Derek will be down uh, with the, the bucket, and you can just drop that in there. And thank you guys for being so faithful, because like I said, we've been able to, to minister and meet needs of others. And I'm not bragging on us as a church, but I'm bragging on God, because He is awesome. He's the one that, that gives and makes all that possible. So thank you guys for just having big hearts and, and giving so that we can uh, be a light to others and minister to them. morning everyone so grateful to see everyone out and about this beautiful Sunday morning wonderful weather thank God for that uh, better than last week uh, my hands got extremely cold and we did have the fireplace going in the clubhouse last week and uh, was able to get warm immediately following the service and uh, jump in there and and got warm while the rest of them uh, loaded up the uh, stuff here uh, it's. Uh, I'm grateful that so many has uh, stepped up and helped with different things, and uh, appreciate Joe Don this morning uh, helping us uh, come and invite everybody in and welcome committee. So thank you, Joe Don, for that. Thank you, Derek, uh, this week for helping us with offering tennis service last week. Uh, Eric Sylvie helped us, and we appreciate everybody getting involved and helping. Um, we are. In this time and season, going to speak about a message that we've been planning on and the world has been planning on for about a year's time. And the message is about going. And they didn't know when they began to plan this, and this is done by a lot of different organizations has taken part. It's called Go 2020. And I spoke about it a little bit the last couple of weeks and mentioned it. And I shared about it this morning on the church's Facebook page. So if you could go there and please share that for us, we'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, go 2020. And it's a website that you can go to and click on that link and actually subscribe. And it's going to send out some uh, updates and different events daily to help you in your walk with Christ. And the goal of this message series all through the month of May is to take um, the month of May to be one of the most evangelic movements in history that we will collectively as a church move forward in 
advancing the kingdom of God and advancing the gospel message of Jesus as churches to help people come to know Jesus that maybe don't know him. And that's our goal, that's our strategy, and we're going to follow along with many others. And there's all kinds of different denominations that are joined together with this. It's not just Assemblies of God, it's not just Church of God, it's not just uh, Baptist or different. All those organizations have collectively joined together, and this is a great time uh, during a season of the world where that there is unrest, that there is turmoil, that there's tribulation, that there's people that's being persecuted. There's all different types of things that allows this to be a strategic moment in time to actually give us a chance to actually witness in a way that we never have before. And even with this pandemic that we're in and different things that's going on, it's actually opened a door where the people are paying more attention to virtual things and uh, the systems that we have in place. So if there's youth group that has Snapchat, there's Instagram, there's Twitter, there's Facebook, there's all these different platforms that we can take a part of and cause it to be used for the kingdom of God and cause it to be used uh, to bring Jesus glory and to bring his kingdom to the earth. And we thank God for this opportunity that he's given us. And as we look for those platforms, I want to challenge you as you go and check out that website, it's going to give you some different things and strategies to follow. And it gives you a, there's actually a 40-day prayer guide and, and all different sorts of things. And we, we would have begun this last Wednesday if this pandemic happened to happen and we would have started on May 1st. But here we are for our first service on May the 3rd. And it looks like uh, our state government's going to open back up soon and allow churches to uh, actually have in-person services, but there will be stipulations with that, and we'll have to have uh, the, meet the guidelines, and we'll do sanitize and all those type of things that they're requiring of us, and we will have to do social distancing per family, and we're going to set up the churches, both campuses, the best way we can, and to maximize uh, our ability uh, for the size of our campuses. So we are blessed to have two church buildings, that is one thing that gives us advantage here at the bridge, and we thank God for that, that he's given us that ability, and we'll set both campuses up, and uh, hopefully towards the end of the month, we will be able to have our in-person services. We are waiting for uh, wisdom and guidelines to come out, and actually this Wednesday coming, there's going to be uh, some things that the Simmons God's going to help us with and give us more clear insight into exactly what uh, Governor Brashear's uh, plans uh, call for, and uh, we're going to be listening and studying together and paying attention and uh, listening to those that give us wisdom. So this Go 2020, I, I really believe that we do have a special opportunity uh, to go virtually 2020 now in a way that we didn't have before. And I want to challenge you as you go to that website to make sure and, and, and dig through it and read into it and study it a little bit and look at what things they're doing and uh, presenting for us to do. And this week I want to challenge you to be uh, in the mindset of clearing up your testimony. I want you to be clearing up your personal testimony so that you know exactly how to speak when somebody asks you a question about your faith and about what you believe, and about how you're going to react when they say, well, tell me more. Because God is going to open up doors, I believe, during this season of going 2020 to give you opportunities to speak to people maybe that wouldn't listen before. As people are in this panic mode or in this uh, fear mode or whatever you want to call it, 
Actually, they're going to be listening to things you have to say that they wouldn't have listened to before. So God's given you an opportunity to speak. And all of us have a voice. And sometimes as churches, we have been in the mindset that we want to ask everybody to come to church. And that's an awesome thing. And I appreciate everybody that always is so involved here at the bridge that does go out and witness and ask people to come to church with you. And they actually uh, are a witness for Jesus in your workplace, in your homes, in your personal life. And as we've been doing those things, now this is a time to go. And Jesus told his disciples to go into all the world, to preach the gospel, and to baptize believers, and to go in his power, in his resurrected power. So as Jesus required that of his disciples and his apostles that he left this earth, he's requiring that of us today. And he's not only asking you to do that, he's encouraging you to do that. He's effectively giving you steps to do that through this uh, thing that we're doing with this Go 2020 and joining with that as a church. So I want to speak just for a moment today from the Gospel of John chapter 4. And I spoke about this for the last couple of weeks and mentioned this lady. In John chapter 4, it's about a Samaritan woman. And Jesus goes by this city and it, it tells the story in John chapter 4 how that he goes towards this city and he goes away in a direction that normally Jews didn't go, that they didn't go around those type of people, the Samaritan people, because they were people that were not like the Jews, that they were of a different religion. And Jesus actually, as he goes and talks to this woman, he, his disciples are with him. They're on this journey with him. And I love it that in John chapter 4 it says, Therefore, beginning at verse 1, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, Jesus is causing some waves in the movement of religion in the world while he was here on this earth. And as he was doing that, the other sects and other divisions within religion were taking notice of what Jesus was accomplishing and he was making disciples. That means he was preaching a gospel and he was teaching about the kingdom and he was speaking to people that didn't know about the things of God. They thought they knew God, but they didn't really know his power and they didn't really know how to interact and believe that God was capable of coming and living amongst them. And here Jesus is talking and leading people and discipling people and encouraging people. And as he's doing this, it says these Pharisees was another group of the Jewish faith. And they were beginning to take notice of this. And these different little, if you want to call them kind of like in today's world, the different denominations to have little belief systems about different ways of interpreting Bible and different beliefs as far as setting up their uh, belief systems. And But generally Jesus brought people together when... Uh, denominations and when sex within a religion tears people apart and moves people away from each other. But this Go 2020 is something that I thank God for that's bringing the church together and uniting us as one church under around the world to preach one single gospel, and that gospel is Jesus Christ, Him resurrected with power and sitting in heaven and inviting people to come meet Him there. And it's very clear, it's very precise, and it's what the church should have been doing for the last 2,000 years but we've got on our high horses preaching our own little gospel, our own little message, and telling my way's the best way. When Jesus left this world and told him to go preach the gospel, baptize people, and disciple people. And it's pretty simple. And that's what I want us to do as a church, as the bridge, is to go begin to do that thing that Jesus asked us to do. But the, these people took notice to that of Jesus. And verse 2 says, Though Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples... 
And this kind of hones in on what this message is about, this series is about. It's about not only me being the pastor here at the church or the lead pastor or Dusty and Albie or the other leaders here at the Bridge Church or those in leadership roles or, or helping or doing this or doing that, being the ones that are preaching the gospel. It's about every person here under the sound of my voice and every person that's listening that is going to participate and be an active disciple of Jesus. And here's the deal. As he was doing this, Jesus had already, he was only in ministry three and a half years. Jesus was only in ministry three and a half years or thereabout according to history and according to what we believe is written in the scripture. But within just a few days of beginning his ministry, he began to look for other people and other leaders. And he would call them and he'd say, come follow me. And Peter and Andrew and James and John and all these other disciples that Jesus picked out these 12 disciples, and he challenged them to come follow him and live life and do journey of ministry together with him. And when he encouraged them to do that, he didn't say, come watch me do ministry. He said, come follow me. And as those individuals come and follow Jesus, they initially began to be encouraged by him to do the works of ministry. Paul tells us as pastors and leaders of the church in the New Testament to equip the church the body of Christ, to do the work of the ministry. My job is not to do ministry alone, but it's to encourage you to do ministry. It's to encourage you to be a witness for Jesus. It's to encourage you to step out and begin to be bold and testify about what God's done in your life. And your individual testimony is that and true of itself, that it is individual. What God is doing through you and for you is not the same story that everybody else in the parking lot has. Your story is an individual story. And Jesus can use your story to reach more individuals than maybe what somebody else can. Your words and your story is what they're looking for. Your friends, your family, your relatives, your neighbors, they know your story. They're waiting for you to be bold and tell people about what God has done for you and through you. So I'm asking you to step out. And as Jesus did that with his disciples, he encouraged them. Peter, yes, you used to be a fisherman, and you, you did fish for, for fish out in the sea, but I am challenge you to be a fisher of men. There's more important things than your occupation. And I don't believe in not working. I believe in working. The Bible says you won't eat unless you work. I encourage you to be workers. I encourage you to work your job. I encourage you to be workers and, and to, to live a holy life in front of your occupation that you're living. But guess what? It isn't first and foremost. Let God be first and let Him be His glory be through you and living out your Christianity in your workplace. So Peter comes and follows Jesus. And it says here in this verse that Jesus encouraged His disciples to baptize. And that's why as a pastor... I've done this over the past several years that when somebody comes and says, I want to be baptized, I don't want to just get out in the water by myself, but I usually encourage the person that helped witness to that individual, a person that helped bring that person to Jesus to get in the water with me. It's putting it in layman's terms. That's a term that's thrown out all the time, putting it in layman's terms. That's what Christianity needs today. In Go 2020, that's what they're asking. As you as an individual, put the gospel in layman's terms. Put it in your terms. Put it in your words. 
And as you do that, people are going to come to know Jesus. And when they do, it's your responsibility. Get in the water with them. Baptize them. And then disciple them throughout the remainder of your journey. Encourage them. Check up on them. Do fellowship. Do, do the works of ministry together. And as the body of Christ becomes so centered around this gospel message, imagine the impact it's going to have over the world in this next month. And sure, we're just a little bitty congregation here in the foothills of Appalachia. But guess what? We can do mighty exploits according to the gospel of Jesus. These individuals that Jesus encouraged to baptize people, they thought they were lowly fishermen prior to Jesus coming into their life. And all of a sudden, his impact began to draw them and woo them to God. And they knew that there was power inside of them. And they go out and witness, and they baptize people. And they discipled people. And can you imagine Jesus' ministry whenever he would go out into the hills? And on different occasions, we know through the gospel messages and the gospel encounters that are written down in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that one time 3,000 people were sitting on a hill to listen to Jesus speak. There was no microphones. There was no Facebook Live. There was no uh, access to all the things that we have access to, to today. And Jesus, he wretched 3,000 people. And on another time, there was 5,000. And it counted in that day and time as the head of the household. So the men were counted, not women and children. So if there were 5,000 men, imagine how many people were sitting on a hillside to listen to Jesus minister to them. They were encouraged by this message to say that you don't have to live a broken life. You don't have to live a life apart from God. But you can come to Him just as you are. And He will bring you into His kingdom. And He will teach you how to live a godly life. And you will feel the burdens and cares of this world lifted off of you is there anybody out here that knows the freedom that I'm talking about today this is the best freedom I've ever felt I love being an American I love living in the land of the free but guess what I love living in the kingdom of freedom the kingdom of Jesus that he allows you to live the life that you want to live and he's encouraging you today to begin to speak to tell your testimony and this week is going to be a week where that I'm going to encourage you as your pastor to begin to speak that and to use the platforms that you have. If Jesus reached 3,000 on the hillside, what if every individual in this, in this group today sitting here and every individual watching today, what if we would go out and say, man, if Jesus said he could do it and he said greater things shall you do than I did, and what if you would all believe that I can reach 3,000 people before my life is over for the kingdom of Jesus? Imagine what we could do in a world. But this Go 2020 made it really simple and they're encouraging every believer Every baptized believer, the person that has given their life to Jesus, to just dream about only reaching five people this month. They're saying, write it down. The Old Testament prophet said, write it down. Write down the vision. Make it plain upon the tablets, and God will bring it to pass. What if we would take him in his word and what if we would write down on a little notebook pad and put it on our mirror in our bathroom and every morning when we're brushing our teeth standing there looking at a list of five names and pray over them and know that God's going to use me to reach these people that he's calling me to. 
I'm not saying nonchalantly just write them down and say, well, I'll get to it some other day. I'm talking about being intentional in a month's time of God opening doors for you to reach people that you wouldn't have reached just going through life doing your own thing. He's calling us to be specific. So I'm asking you as your pastor to take this to heart, take this message to heart, and to do what we're asking you to do. It's not my vision, it's the church's mission. And Jesus is leading this body of His, known as the church. It's a glorious body. It's without wrinkle, it's without spot, it's without blemish, the Scripture teaches. You are a perfect picture of the body of Jesus Christ that He left here on this earth to be a presentation of who He is to this world that we're living in. And when you can walk in faith and not in fear, when you can have an ability to stand when everybody else is falling apart, when you have ability to know that there's freedom when everybody else is bound, imagine what the freedom is like for you and imagine that for five of your friends this month that you're thinking, man, I hope they come to know him the way I know him. Man, I hope they come to know him in a way that's real and tangible and the weight of the sin of this world is lifted off of their shoulders. Jesus encouraged his disciples to do that. And they baptized more than John had. You see, when we leave it up to everybody else to get it done, it's not going to get done. Jesus is about multitudes. Jesus is about a great host of believers. And in Hebrews, I love Hebrews chapter 12. It talks about that there's a great cloud of witnesses. A witness is somebody that can witness and attest to what Jesus has done. And this great cloud of witnesses that the Hebrew writer was talking about said there's a great cloud of witnesses. What were they witnesses to? If you read Hebrews chapter 11, it'll take, that's my favorite chapter in all of Scripture. If I had to pick one chapter in the Bible that I love, that I cherish, Hebrews chapter 6 is my verse. It's the first verse I memorized as a Christian. But Hebrews chapter 11 is the hall of faith, they call it. It talks about all different kinds of people from different backgrounds, of different testimonies, of all different kinds of walks of life, different occupations, different regions that they lived in. And it spells out and talks about how that they were a witness of the things that God had done. That they were a witness of faith. And I'm asking you today, has your faith been on a platform where that the rest of the world has seen and know and understand that you are a Christian? That they understand without uh, any, any doubt in their mind and saying, I know that person is a Christian. And sure, there's going to be naysayers. There always has been. There's people that tried to tear Jesus down. These Pharisees were hearing about these baptisms and all this thing going on and these 5,000 people sitting on the hillside listening to him and they were not encouraged by it. They were taken back by it and they said, whoa, no, we can't have another religion coming out here in the name of Jesus being on it and the name of God being on it and we can't have that overtaking our little way of doing things. You're going to have naysayers when you step out and give your testimony. There's going to be people, yes, they're going to get on. And maybe you'll make a video. And this is something I want to encourage you to do. And I've thought about it this morning. It's what if we would make videos as a church, individual basis, where that we would tell our testimony once we get it lined out. 
And I've got a website for you that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you. And it's going to make it very clear for you how to spell out your testimony. And it doesn't need to be long. The shorter, actually, the better. I would love for you to make a video about it and share on the platforms that you have. And let's see how many people we can reach here at this little bitty church in these foothills for the man called Jesus. Are you willing to convert your platforms that you have your name on and allow Jesus' name to be ministered to the multitudes? Are you willing to give up these little accounts that we have and no, that's mine and I don't want anybody sharing this on my wall and I don't want anybody doing that on their, their wall and we're all worried about like we own this stuff. This is Jesus' stuff. He owns your account. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The, it's all his anyway. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness of He owns all this. He owns your Facebook account if you'll give it to him. He's not requiring it of you. He's asking of you. He's pleading with you. Let me be used to show my kingdom to this world. Because all those friends that you have attained to this point, maybe Jesus has been doing a setup for Go 2020. Just maybe. He's allowed people to follow your post and like your post. And wouldn't it be awesome for us to go back and sure Facebook gives us algorithm every now and then it tells us, okay, this was the number one liked picture back in 2013 or this was the number one liked post back in 2015 and it gives us all these little journeys that we've been on and it tells a picture and every time we see one of those pop up we're like, wow, man, I didn't realize that that picture was liked 200 sometimes and we feel famous because of it. What if we let Jesus be famous during May 2020? What if we make him known to all of our friends in May of 2020. And the goal of this organization is to reach one billion people within this month. One billion new people come to a faith in Jesus Christ by the end of this month on this planet. There's over seven billion people lives on this earth that we're living on. Seven billion people. Most estimates say that there's around two point something billion people that are Christians. Some estimates, most of the high ones that I've seen is like 2.3 billion people are Christian out of seven. That means a third of the earth's population are Christian. That means two-thirds is not. Think about that. Put that in your friendship. Put that in, in your group of friends. What if only a third of us get to go to heaven? How sad that Jesus hung upon a cross of Calvary, that shed his blood, that took stripes upon his back for our healing, that everything that he went through, he was spit on, he was beat, he was punched. He had to carry that cross up Calvary's hill. People even had to help him that they beat him so bad. And he went through all that and two-thirds of the world's population don't know him, have never heard about him, or have never accepted him. And they're saying, I would rather go to hell than live a Christian life. Hopefully there's nobody here within the sound of my voice that is living that kind of life. I hope and pray that we're on a movement here, that we're living a life that is well-pleasing to God. 
I hope and pray for every person under the sound of my voice that you're going to make heaven your home. But two out of three of your friends does not know him in these statistics. How sad is that? Let's do something about it, church. Let's take that to heart. Let's hear this message and say, no, uh uh-uh, I can't let that happen on my watch. We see all these politicians saying to say, you know, they're they're doing all these things and, and, and declaring everything and they're looking at all these political factors and all these different things and making decisions based on, you know, what's this going to do? I'm not going to let that happen on my watch. What if Jesus is requiring things of you today and asking things of you today to say, on your watch, are you going to let your friends go and die in a devil's hell and burn in eternity and never say anything because you was afraid of being embarrassed on your account? on social media I'm begging of you be bold step out and I'm not saying being brash I'm not saying to make fun of others I'm not saying that and I'm not I'm not making fun of people that don't know Jesus I truly my heart weeps for them because I remember what it was like before I knew him And I can tell you right now, my life was a living hell. I went to bed at night knowing that I was going to split hell wide open if I didn't make a decision for Jesus. And that's no way to live life. And God is asking you, are you encouraged by that, that you now you know him? Do you want your friends to know him? There's a few. There's a couple more. Okay, we're getting a little better now. As a church group, I encourage you to do these things. So Jesus led his disciples. Leslie's looking at her watch, so I must be about done. It's 12, 14. We're good? Oh, we got all kinds of time. She says you got all day. She didn't say that, sorry. Yeah, she's shaking her head no. She's mad at me now. So this is pretty simple. This story in John chapter 4 Jesus' disciples are baptizing a lot of people. But the remainder of this story in John chapter 4 says Jesus with his disciples are walking through this region of Samaria. And it says Jesus gets tired. And it says Jesus sits down on the well of Jacob. This is a great patriarch in the Old Testament. And Jesus sits down on this well that for generations had been chasing God and going after God as as the Jewish faith. And as they were doing this, Jesus sat down on the well and it says the disciples went on. And they went to town to buy some food. And as Jesus was sitting on this well, can you imagine him having 12 disciples? But these were teenagers. This was like Dusty and Al- maybe like Dusty and Albie. You know, they're about 30 years old and they got these bunch of hoodlum teenagers around here at the Bridge Church and they all follow them. They have these Zoom meetings and all this different stuff and... and We're not doing that as adults. We come out here and sit in the parking lot and listen on the radio. But these teenagers, they get on there and Dustin and Howie, they they brag about this Zoom meeting and the things they've been doing and sharing on, on on their accounts for the children's church. I thank God for student pastors. Amen. I thank God as a church that we got leaders that'll step up and be bold and encourage teenagers to be bold in their faith, to not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. And these 12 disciples were really all teenagers and they took off towards town to go get some food because that's what teenagers do. 
I thank God for us as a church back when we had youth group on Sunday nights that there's so many adults would go buy food and pizzas and different things and they would take it down to the teenagers and leave it there at the church at Kentucky Outs Campus and, and the teenagers would come in. One time Dusty and Albie went on vacation and asked me and Ryan to lead the youth group and what a mess that was. Not because of Ryan, because of me. Man, I went to McDonald's and I bought packages of everything. I bought nuggets, I bought chicken sandwiches I bought hamburgers I bought it all I bought everything they had and I took it up there and I spread it out on that table like a smorgasbord they looked like a bunch of hogs rooting through it there was nothing left after it was over it just crumbs falling off the edge of the table teenagers will eat I thank God for that what if they were as hungry for God as they are for cheeseburgers Amen. What if we as a church would encourage them and reach out and spell out to these teenagers and these young people that maybe are going through life. And I, I really feel sorry for these teenagers that are going through the seniors this year that don't have the normal account that everybody else has always had throughout the history here in the past several years. They're, they're, this is different for them. But what if we as a church would encourage them? And I thank God for the seniors. Amen? I thank God for a community that is adopting them and reaching out and saying, we're able to do something different and we're not going to leave you behind. We're going to make, not make you not known. We're, we're bragging on you as a church. I thank God for that as a community, that we have compassion on one another, that we feel each other's pain. But these teenagers were hungry and Jesus sent them off and they was going to the city to buy something. He sits down on this well and it says this woman come out. And as she was approaching the well, she was bringing the stuff with her to water and get water. And as she's doing that, Jesus is sitting here on this well, and she don't know him. But guess what? He knows her. Amen. He knows her. He's able to speak to her in a way that she had never been spoke to before. And as he's sitting here on this well, and she's walking up, and she's like, who's this Jew out here in my neck of the woods? She's already stereotyping the type of person he is because of his religion. She's already stereotyping him because of the way he looked. But Jesus is Jesus. And he's able to do things for people that they don't even know about yet. And here she walks up that day. And as she walks up this well, she meets this man sitting at this well. And he says, how are you doing? And would you give me a drink? And, and she said, well, uh, what do you mean give you a drink? I, well, you usually don't associate with people like me. You Jews, you're offensive. You Jews are people that just go into your little church buildings and, and little side accounts. And you won't get out in public. And you won't be out in the normal people. And you ain't like us. And Jesus said, but you don't know what kind of water I've got to offer. You're coming here to get earthly water, but I've got living water. I've got living water that will flow out of you that you've never known about. I can awaken a well on the inside of you that will cause freedom to come about you never knew of. And he tells this lady that, and she's there. And he said, won't you go get your husband? She said, I don't have one. I love this story. She says, I don't have one. And he said, you've said it well. You've had five. And the one you're living with right now, he's not your husband either. Let me tell you something about Jesus. We try to run and hide from him because of our past. But he's saying, I ain't talking about your past. I'm talking about your future. Amen. I'm not talking about your past. I'm talking about your future. I'm talking about living water. And this lady, she was so taken back. She said, yeah, but I'm divorced. And there's some people in our society today that's been through divorce and I feel sorry for that and I hope and pray for you. 
But Jesus isn't looking at your past and maybe you've been divorced and maybe you don't come to God because of how you've been treated before or what's happened in your life or in your past relationships. Jesus is saying, lay all that down. Put all that aside. I'm not looking at that. I'm not judging you on your character. I'm judging you on what I did on the cross. Will you accept the blood that I'm going to sacrifice for you? That's what he's telling this woman that day. And it says she was astounded by this. He told me everything that happened to me. And she's standing here talking to him. And he tells her, he says, you guys, she said, but there's something different about you. You pray on your hill over there in Jerusalem and we pray on our hill over here. We're different. And Jesus says, that's okay. There's coming a day. There's coming a day. There's coming a day where we won't just worship on our mountain and you won't just worship on your mountain and you won't just be worshiping over here at a certain place. There is no holy place here on this earth today. Why? Because Jesus rent the temple in Jerusalem that day when he hung on the cross that it talks about in Scripture. And what's that mean? It means the Holy Spirit was unleashed on all the earth. And I love this building. I love that what work that we've done we talked about. And I love coming here and worshiping with you. But guess what? God exists in your heart. He exists around the world today. There's not a place that we call holy. Our God is holy. It's not about a position. It's not about a place. It's about a person and his name is Jesus. In the Bible, I love this story that this woman accepts it. She knows it's true. Jesus enlightened something and sparked something on the inside of her. And it says she went back into town. And she told everybody, I think I've met the Christ. I think I have met the Messiah. I think I have met the one that's bringing freedom to the world. I think I met the one that is going to cause sin to be done away with and causing an eternity where we won't have to be separated from God, that we don't have to atone for our sin and, and, and sacrifice these lambs and these pigeons and all this different stuff. We don't, we don't have to do that anymore. We don't have to put our hands on goats and do all these other things. Why? Because the blood of Jesus is going to cover our sins. And this lady tells the community about that. And it says they believed her. They listened to her. And it says they took off out to go meet this man. They wanted to see for themselves. I'm telling you right now that the two-thirds of the people that's on your friends list that may not know Jesus, they want to meet him too. They want to hear about him. They want to come and meet him. Will you open up your door? And will you open up the doors of your social media to say, yes, I'm going to present the gospel and I'm going to preach a gospel? Not with a microphone, but with my life. I'm encouraging you to do that this week. And I'll share the website link with you in just a little bit after this service is over. I'm encouraging you today to go 2020. Let's be our part of the one billion, one billion people that's going to be rich around the world during this month. And I hope and pray it's a lot more than that, don't you? Don't you? Don't you wish that more than a billion people would come to know Jesus? If there's 7 billion people on the planet and there's only 2.3 billion of them that's Christian, that means there's 5 billion people that's going to die and go to hell if they don't hear a gospel witness from somebody. And a lot of them's your friends. A lot of them's your neighbors. A lot of them's your family. And Jesus has given us an opportunity here. He said, I, Behold, I stand at the door knock. Will you open? 
Will you listen? Will you be who I've called you to be? I'm encouraging you to do that. Maybe you've just accepted Jesus within the last few weeks. I thank God for Joe Don being out here today helping with this. Just a few short weeks ago, she was living a life probably that she didn't want to live. Was she a bad person? No, I love Joe Don. I've loved her all my life. I went through 12 years of education with her. I love Joe Don. She was one of my tight friends, my inner circle, my homies. Amen. But here she is sitting in the parking lot today and just been coming for just a short little while. And what if her story is like this? Yes, I'm a single mom and I'm striving to do the best I can. My life was a mess, but I've made a man. And his name is Jesus. And he set me free. And he's brought freedom that I've never known. And she's so proud sitting here with her kids sitting in the cars with her today. Hearing about this man. Because she don't want them to go through the same struggles in life that she has known. What if she makes a little video of something like that that says, I'm not fixing my past. I'm fixing my future. There's, there's your words, Joe, right there. I'm not fixing my past. I'm fixing my future. I'm making plans for the afterlife. Amen. I'm not going to build a temple here on this earth. I'm letting Jesus build one for me up in heaven. He's working on a building. Amen. He's what the old song says. He's working on a building. He's working on a, on a place where there's streets of gold, and he's building a room for you. Will you share that message with your friends? I encourage you to do that. If you would, I want everybody here to bow your head and close your eyes. And I want us to pray to be witnesses. I pray here and just by, by June, I really sincerely pray this, that we have to baptize so many people that we got to pray for rain a day or two before it happens so we can get enough water to get them in. Amen. Amen, somebody. Let's pray that the world that we know, the community that we live in will come to know Jesus because of our testimonies. And I pray that every person here, that you bring multiple people to Jesus. And I hope and pray that you have to get in the water with me. And we'll go down and we'll dunk some few here in June. We're going to have a big baptism day. And yeah, we'll social distance and we'll wear masks and we'll put hand sanitizer in the creek. We don't matter. We'll do whatever we got to do. I'm anxious to see that happen, ain't you? Somebody says, I ain't, ain't a word. Yes, it is. It's in the dictionary. Look it up. Merriam-Webster talks about it. If I ain't there, it's good enough for me. You know what I'm talking about. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. If you don't know Jesus today, and you're hearing this message, and you're saying, man, I've heard about him. I went to church about multiple times. My parents have took me. My grandparents took me to church. I've watched other people live this life of freedom. And today, I want to know it for myself. I'm tired of watching everybody else be blessed. And I'm ready to ask Jesus to forgive me of my sins. And I'm ready for this freedom to come into my heart. I'm asking you to pray this prayer with me. 
Maybe you've known him before. Maybe you've walked away from him. Maybe you've been estranged from him. Maybe you've just been walking from a distance. Maybe you've been his disciple and you know that you've been drifting, as the old song says, too far from the shore. He's saying, come back close to me. Draw nigh unto me because I want to get close to you. That's what Jesus is telling you today. I want everybody here to pray this prayer. Everybody say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I'm asking you to forgive me for all my sins, all my faults, all my failures. I'm asking you to build that mansion in heaven for me the way you promised. And by accepting your blood, accepting what you did on the cross and coming out of that grave, I know, I know that I know that I know that I'm going to get to meet you there. That my loved ones that have went on, they're right up in heaven right now with you. That I'm going to meet them again there. Give me faith to overcome my fears. Help me this week to be a witness for you that I wouldn't be ashamed, but I would boldly confess with my heart and with my mouth what you've done for me. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.